Thank you, Father. So, Father, we come this morning lifting up our praise and adoration and glory for the God of our salvation, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you that you are the only one that can keep people who are in the military, keep their hearts and their minds so they don't lose their minds and that they will stop committing suicide because of the fear and the being overcome by the fear and the terror and all that they're facing. Keep them lifted up, Lord. Lift up people to continue to pray for them and to keep their arms uplifted as they fight for us in this country, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you promised to comfort us, to give us peace in a time of sorrow. So, Father, for all of those who have just buried someone, I thank you for your peace, for your comfort that will allow them to keep on going, keep on doing, because they have not completed their purpose yet. And let them know life still goes on in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I thank you for the spirit of healing that comes forth to touch our bodies, our minds, our souls, whatever has been inflicted by infirmity, that you will, Lord Jesus, send Holy Spirit to help us, Father. And I, Father, I thank you that we can cancel Satan's assignment off of the lives of believers who want to cause accidents and incidents to happen to them, Father, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We thank you, Lord, for divine protection, divine intervention, and traveling mercies for them in the name of Jesus, and that you are covering the saints that are traveling and gone to visit and to be with friends and loved ones that you're with them and because they are in a different place and your spirit is with them lord that now they're in the position to pray against certain spirits in the area the location where they are and bring a change and that everybody that's on the plane with them on the train on the bus or in the car with them are blessed because of their presence and because you are with them father in the name of jesus of Nazareth. we thank you father for revealing to us why there are storms so that we can pray effectual fervent prayers that shall avail avail much father and that we will not fret or be worried but just to look for you for the times so that we can be in step and be ordered to follow your way lord thank you jesus because even nature is waiting for the body of christ to get right lord jesus so that they can praise you the way they were created in the name of jesus and we thank you lord for the attorneys that are bold enough to step out and 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 defend your morals in this world and we pray that you will raise up even more of them lord jesus so that they can fight the fight but we will keep their arms lifted in prayer so that they can fight the good fight of faith and in reverse immorality to come back to your moral laws father in the name of jesus we praise you god for being our lord and the creator of all things Everything you created, when it is functioning according to you, how you create it, it is in purpose, and that's called praise. Hallelujah. And when we, your people whom you have created in your image, live in your authority and your power, our lives will be praising you. So today, we will verbally declare your praise to lift to lift us up above life circumstances, to live out your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So Father, we ask for forgiveness on behalf of ourselves and the whole body of Christ for being silent and hiding behind life and fears, not trusting who you are and how great you are. We plead our cause with you to put a stop to these pandemics that has been released in our country and we will give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor and all the thanksgiving. We will not repeat what happened during 911 when people ran to the church during the crisis and afterwards stopped and then stopped going to church during the coronavirus outbreak and retreated at home. We will come stand and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord then all of nature can return and praise you again. Now, Father, I ask you to continue, continue to show me the things you want me to see 
So when I speak, Master, will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. I just want to preference that it seems like all hell broke out on me when I made a decision to speak on what I'm about to speak on. I got to church, and as soon as I walked in, my sandal broke. Because I realized, okay, you keep messing with me. My husband wakes up not feeling good and refused to come to church because he wants to rest. You keep messing with me. <laughs> Based on what you're telling me to talk about. All of the different things that has been going on. And so I had struggled because just like everyone else, I have fears. And God told me, to talk about fear, <laughs> glory, amen. So I'm gonna give you the title in the scripture. The title is, as a believer, whose report will you believe? The subtitle is kingdom of God versus the kingdom of fear. And the scripture I'm gonna use is 2 Timothy 1, 7. And as you can see, Without any kind of communication, praise and worship magnified what God wants us to know. Amen. Our, 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 our uh, spiritual moment with Cherie magnify what God wants us to know. I just love him because he really is present with us and he magnifies himself every Sabbath that we come to worship him, confirming, affirming his word. And no one is communicating with the others to say, well, this is what we're gonna do, or this is what I'm gonna talk about. But the Holy Spirit is communicating with all of us to say, this is what I want you to magnify today, amen. amen. So when I first got the message from him, I debated and struggled with the message that the Lord had given me, fear of how it would be perceived or Satan attacking me more than what he's already doing. But Satan do not want any of us, any of God's children to be delivered from fear. And every one of us struggle with some kind of fear. Okay, you may not think you do, but you do, okay? And we all do not have the same struggles, but we all sin due to our struggles. Amen. Amen. So I still wavered, even though the Lord had been giving me affirmation until I got a phone call Friday that awakened my anger against Satan and my compassion for mankind. The call also assured me from the Lord, now is the time. The time to rise up and speak for it is time out for, for God's people to be crippled by Satan with his lies that sends us into a state of fear, doubt, anxiety, worry, superstitions, presumptions, what ifs, and anger. Amen. This is not coming from your heavenly father. Okay. So let's examine this four letter word called fear. False evidence appearing real. They have to, he's a counterfeiter. So he's going to take everything and try to make it look like he wants it to look in order to control you so that you don't glorify God by your living. Because when we are fearful, it handicaps us. It puts us in prison. It keeps us always angry and offended. And Jesus says, blessed is he who's not offended in me. 
And as long as you're like that, what you need to see, you can't see. So when I say false evidence appearing real, why do I say that? Because God's word contradicts Satan's lies and tells us, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. And we find that in 2 Timothy of 1 verse 7. Now, the interesting thing is that this quite some time ago when I, I spoke that message, I realized fear is a spirit. We just take it, it is just something natural that we have to deal with. But the Bible says fear is a spirit and it's unclean. Okay. Be why? Because it's it's all about aborting God's purpose for man. Because when you are operating in fear, you are not operating in the things of God. Nor do you hear God, or if you hear him, you excuse him. Like I was trying to do like, oh, do I really talk about this? Because see, I know that I need deliverance from it just like everybody else does. Amen. So God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, equips us and empowers God's children with the res resurrected power of Jesus Christ. When he says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of love, a spirit of power, a spirit of a sound mind, okay? The Holy Spirit comes and empowers us as God's children with the resurrected power of Jesus Christ, the spirit of power. Are y'all? Yes. Okay. He also equips us with agape love. It's the Greek word for unconditional love of God. Satan can't handle God's love. And when we operate in agape love, he can't handle a lover. That's us. We need to practice being a lover more than making your point. A sound mind isn't double-minded, flip-flopping back and forth, but operating in temper and 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 um temp but operating in temperance, I'm sorry, but operating in temperance, which is the fruit of Jesus, who is the same yesterday today and forever. In Galatians 5, that's one of the fruit of Jesus Christ. Means he is consistent and he doesn't change. When the world was hit with the coronavirus, he didn't change. He is still the same. Okay, now let me just preference this to satisfy some of your intellectual thinking although I was praying that you would come with a spiritual mindset today to yeah. receive. Okay. Yeah. I know it's real and it's existing and it has its fallouts, but I choose to think on those things that God tells me to think yeah. on, to stand on his word more. Yeah. So whatever happens, I don't lose. Amen. Because I win no matter what. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because to live is gain, to die is gain. Okay. So, therefore, I'm going to keep my mind on those things, and I'm going to struggle to fight to keep my mind on those things. I'm going to struggle to fight to come against the fear that tries to come against me. And as I said, the Lord is consistent. He changes not. That should bring you some comfort to know that the God that you serve don't change. And what he has spoken in his word stays the same. He doesn't change. We just need to get in the word and practice what we're 
reading and hearing rather than what we're seeing with our natural eyes. Because the more that you practice hearing and, and, and doing what you're reading out of the word, that word will transform your heart. So you begin to look through your spiritual eye rather than always looking through your natural eye. The definition of fear is a natural emotional response to a perceived threat to one's security and general welfare. It ranges in degrees of intensity from a sense of anxiety or worry to one of utter terrors. So you see, how it could come in one way and escalate to something else because we're unaware. Why are we unaware? Because when the fear comes in, we're not saying, God help me. I know you didn't give me this, but you've given me a spirit of power. You've given me a spirit of love. You've given me a spirit of a sound mind. So God, I'm trusting you. Encourage me, lift me up so I can fight this fight. Because yes, Jesus has already yeah. overcome it. Yeah. So what I'm fighting is my own Ooh. thoughts and emotions that will cause me to go against yeah. your truths. Amen, amen. Amen. Yes. Now, there is a good fear. And that's the fear of God. Amen. Okay, that's the fear. That fear should supersede all the other fears. Yeah. And that is a reverential fear that's honorable and submissive. Submissive. You need to be more submissive to God rather to what CNN, Fox, and all them other people are telling us. Let's listen to the news of God, Amen. the good news gospel. Yes, yes. The Amen. gospel is that Jesus died, shed his blood, nailed on a cross, was buried. He, went, he was buried to defeat the spirit of death and sin and rose. And he sat on the right hand of God on the throne in white with resurrected power. That's the good news. And it changes not. It never changes. Everything else changes from day to day, moment to moment sometimes. Okay. So we need to have the fear of God. And, and this kind of fear is a high tower where the righteous run into it and they are saved. They are saved. They are saved. They are safe. Run into the high tower. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, most of our fears and anxieties are generic. Due to parental strongholds that was passed on to us or abusing dysfunctional discipline and or treatment once suffered as a young person. I, I'm going to say that again, because some of y'all probably what? say what <laughs> most of our fears and anxieties are generic due to parental strongholds passed on to us or abusive dysfunctional discipline and or treatment once suffered as a young person. Amen. 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 Which means you can be free. Amen. You can be delivered. Because yeah. that was not God's plan. Amen. Now, in some genealogies, certain things are passed down like the fear, anxiety, dread, no. hopelessness, no. superstitions, no. illness, slash diseases, no. like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. You know how I inherited I'm, I No, I didn't inherit that. You inherit diseases? Amen. You inherit sickness? You know what we really need to think about? What you really did inherit was patterns. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
that you've been following that led you to the disease, that led you to the sickness. Amen. Some other things are insecurities, sexual impurities, the need to do whatever it needs to do, you need to do to be successful, or the fear of being unsuccessful, you can't win. (laughs) Sowing yourself to material gain, which is your number one priority. And let me give you some example of some of this genealogy, okay? I don't know about you, but I have never heard of so many children being born with mental diseases and cancer like we have about the last 20 years. Anyone else? Okay. This is not a newscast, right? Thank you, okay. Which I believe is the result of alcohol and drugs and the bloodstream of the parents passed on to the blood of the children because the life is in the blood, okay? This is why there's such an outbreak because whatever we do, if it's bad, you're going to suffer consequences. If it's good, you're going to have victories. There's a result from whatever we do, say, or think. Don't think, oh, I was just kidding. Well, that's not going to rule out the dumb stuff. Okay, if, if, if you were really just fooling around, then you're like, God, forgive me. I erase that. I cancel that in the name of Jesus. And then stop it. Stop saying things that has no true value because our words have power. So stop saying things and and, and using vile languages that profits no one anything. Just because you feel like it's expressing what you feel deeply. No, no, it doesn't. You know what it does? It informs the other person how shallow you are and that it took you to go down to the gutter to get your point over. You know, God is making me to be at ease with the fact that the congregation may dwindle down because I'm going to say what God tells me to say. And I know it's not popular and you don't want to really hear it. But I pray that your spirits is open because we need to be convicted of doing and saying things that we have no business doing or saying. And, 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 and do not be deceived with the fact. See, this is why I was having a real struggle because I'm reading a book that I want to do like chapter by chapter each Sabbath. And we have a great discussion on it. So don't be deceived to think because you recited the prayer. I believe, Father, that you sent your son. Y'all know the prayer, right? And that because you recited that prayer, that you can now just live like hell and go to heaven. Don't believe the hype that because you're faithful coming to church in the Bible study and you recited that prayer, that you're just going to go to heaven. Mm -mm. (laughs) I got news for you. That's a special name, Christian. Casual Christians, but you're going to miss the boat. He put us here to make a difference, to let his light so shine that people will come to him and see him. So you can't act like the world and then call yourself a Christian and think that you're going to go to heaven at the end. But but we serve a forgiving God, yes, but you put grace in the strain because you just keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again and talking that talk. But we serve a forgiving God. Well, do you really want to be forgiven? You know, when, when I was growing up, I went to Catholic school all of my life. I was Catholic and we had to go to confession. At some point in high school, I stopped. I stopped going to the confessional, telling the priest about my sins. 
and 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 they was they were so generic and common that you just recite them. And it hit me. You keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. First of all, you aren't being changed. Second of all, you're telling it to a man. He can't do nothing for you. And only God could forgive you. And, and, and God realized that you really don't want to be forgiven because you still keep doing that same thing over and over and over again. Okay? And that's what we do as Christians and think grace is operating. No, 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 no. No, I tell you what's operating. Mercy that you're still alive. You don't put grace in a strain. It's mercy that is operating to give you an opportunity to awaken from your sleep and to confess your sins and turn from your wicked ways. That's what these storms are all about, to awaken the body of Christ so we can repent, confess, turn, and then declare the works of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, like I said, life is in the blood, but Jesus' blood is more powerful than natural blood. And by accepting Jesus as Lord, you can become free and delivered from past and generic strongholds. You know, I gave you all those strongholds. You don't have to deal with that anymore. You can be delivered. Amen. But you got to acknowledge it. You cannot go around thinking that you have arrived. Acknowledge those strongholds so he can set you free. Freedom is far better than acting. And what do I mean by acting? That showing up and doing the work of the ministry, but not having a relationship with the Lord. You only think you have a relationship with the Lord. You really don't know what a real relationship is all about. Like I said, a real relationship is when he reveals some things to you about you that people can't even see and you're willing to be free from it and you fall down on your knees and you fall pray and you submit all, all, all of your members to him to say, I'm ready, Lord, free me, set me free. We have enough playing church numerous, numerous buildings where people are overflowing with numbers because you see when you're going to hear the real deal, you ain't going to have no overflow. <laughs> overflowing with people who are not sincere with themselves. And if you're not with yourself, you definitely are not sincere with God because he knows your thoughts. He knows your thoughts. He knows your desires. He knows what you intend to do and what you intend not to do. Amen. Amen. Now, let me just share something with you. The beginning of fear, I may have to do part two because I haven't even gotten to the scriptures yet. <laughs> the beginning of fear happened in Genesis 3, verse 10. Okay, so let's, let's, let's go over there for a minute. In Genesis 3, verse 10, and this was um, Adam's reply to God when he was in the garden. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Okay, well, we, we're going to go through a little bit more of that. But in the garden, after the fall of man due to sin by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which put man in a state of brokenness that God never intended for him in the first place. But God sent Jesus, praise the Lord, but God sent Jesus to deliver us from the power of all sin. Okay, I'm going to read verses 9 through 13 in this, okay? And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? Art thou? This is after they have sinned. Because you see what we do, we hide and we cover and we pretend. And as long as there's some covering over it, Satan has you snowed and God can't do anything with it. You've got to pull the cover off of it and expose it so God can do what he needs to do with it. But as long as you're trying to pretend and impress other folks by covering up, you are allowing yourself to stay in that same state or to get worse. Amen. 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 And so God was looking for them. He knew they had sinned. 
But he, they didn't have any idea what, what God would do for them after discovering the sin. Amen. So after that, in verse 10, he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And God said, who told thee that thou was naked? You know when you sin. Don't try to pretend like, did I really? No, you knew you sinned. Okay. Has thou eaten of the tree where I've commanded thee that thou shouldest eat not? See, the Lord knew the reason why they were hiding and covering because they became exposed to some knowledge that they weren't privy to prior to. That opened up the door of sin for people. Okay. So he, then the man said, the woman who thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. <laughs> okay. That's when fear became legitimate. That sin. But not only that sin, due to the fear, there were other sins that rose up as a result of that, that I just read about. First was shame. Second, hiding from God. Third, playing the blame game. That was the beginning of hell for us because it is so easy to always say, well, if he hadn't, or if she hadn't, or if they didn't, it always, and, and, and they always, and he, and she, and, 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 and. So those people control your behavior, your habits. You did what you did because that's what you chose to do. And that's what the Lord wanted them to realize. You made a decision. I gave you a free will, but you allow the spirit of darkness direct you in a different direction than I had planned for your life. So all of that opened the door for mankind today. So we have to fight against those things that comes against God. They're not coming against us. They're coming against God. The reason it hits us because the devil knows that we're supposed to glorify God. And when he gets us all wrapped up, tripped up, bound up, then God gets no glory. Amen. There is no light shining through a sinful nature that is practicing sin. Amen. Now, there are certain causes of fear. Disobedience, we just read. That was the beginning in Genesis 3. Impending judge. Now, you can write these scriptures down so that you can go back and, and, and read them for yourself. Uh, the first one of disobedience is Genesis 3.10. Impending judge is Hebrews 1. Um, I'm sorry, 11, verse 7. Persecution, John 20, verse 19. Am I going too fast? Okay, do I need to go back over any? I know you got disobedience. Okay, impending judge. Hebrew 11, 7. Persecution. John 20, 19. Events of nature. Acts 27, Verses 17 and 29. Suspicion. X9, 26. Uncertainty. 2 Corinthians 11, 3. Final events. Luke 21, 26. Death. Hebrews 2. 15. Okay. 
I'm, I'm going to stick basically in the Old Testament because I want to talk about the effects of fears. So let's go over to Genesis 20. Some of the things that uh, we are, are dealing with are the effects of our fear. Okay. So um, in uh, chapter 20, uh, this is when uh, Abraham lies to Amalek, the king, and tells him that his wife is, is his sister. It was really true, but, the, but it was the motive of why he told that lie was to protect himself. Okay. And so he said that in an attempt to protect them or protect him more or less, because you're going to subject your wife to, to be with the king now without trusting God. Now, God gives him, I think is in chapter 12, he gives him a promise and a revelation that how he's going to bless him. And he's going to bless him with land and, 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 and with seed that was more numerous than the sand on the beach or the stars in the sky. Well, now, if God tells you and, 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 and remember, that's how he operates. He will give you your purpose and your vision before you are even right with him. So if God tells you in the beginning what he's going to do and what he has for you, what makes you think in midstream he changed his mind? See, he didn't change his mind. What we have to remember, because see, we put our focus on what we're going to do for God because it, because it makes that sinful nature feel good and become egotistic and arrogant. And so you'd like to say, well, God called me to do. But what you fail to remember is that he only informed you as to what you're supposed to do so you can stay on the path and on purpose to get to the final destination. But in the meantime, in between hearing the vision and getting to it, he's got to do a great work in your character. So he's working on you. And in the work of the character, he has allowed some things to happen to show you where you have come to in your life. Have you grown or are you at a standstill? Because how you respond to the temptations determine how much you have really grown since the beginning. Amen. Amen. And so when we fail to obey what God is saying, like I said, there are consequences that comes with this. And only grace and mercy cuts the time span down. That means where he's able to get to you if he has to use somebody else to speak to you, to wake you up, to recognize your victory comes from your Lord, not from your plans or what anybody else says that they think you're supposed to be doing. That's why most times when people say, well, what do you think my purpose is? I said, seek God. Because even if God was to reveal it to me, and most times the only time that he's truly going to reveal it to me is because you belong up under the shepherd of this ministry, then he's, is he going to tell me? But nevertheless, you need to hear from God. You don't need to hear anything from me. You just need to hear that I know there's a call. And I know he's taking you somewhere. But I don't need to tell you what the call is. You need to wait on God because that's how we abort ministry because we get ahead of God. And it's only in his timing that he's going to do what he's going to do with you, not your timing. And so your connections and anything else is not an open door for you. It could be an abortion time and you not be aware of it. Amen. So God's grace and mercy allowed the king Emelech to realize something is wrong with this picture. 
and to go to Abraham like, I'm paraphrasing, are you crazy? But Abraham was so afraid that they didn't know God and because they didn't know God that they, the stuff that they would do. Is that the world we live in today? But you know God. And so since you know God, then you live accordingly and let them see God. They can't know him if they don't hear and they can't hear if you don't speak and you can't speak if you don't go. Stop worrying about impressing church folks and speak to the forces out there that need to hear that there is a God. Amen. Okay, uh, uh, let's go over to 32 because there's another instance in the Old Testament with Jacob. <laughs> Glory, who goes through all of these changes. Woo, Jesus, 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 but that's us. Okay, we can't judge Jacob. <laughs> because he's afraid based on something he has done, sinful. And he's afraid that it's going to come back on him through his brother Esau. So he goes, now I'm just going to kind of like paraphrase it. Y'all can go back and read it. But in Genesis 32, the whole chapter. So anyway, um, um, Jacob it starts to prepare and plan for his brother coming. So he does all of this dividing and directions and all of this kind of stuff. Just, just, just wasting time and and, and putting people in positions that maybe they weren't even supposed to be in and, and all of this because he's afraid of what's going to happen when his brother Esau shows up, okay? So to make a long story short, let me see, because I, I did read the whole thing. But when Jacob and Esau meet, Jacob is already prepared for his defense, physical defense, against his brother when they meet. And when Esau comes, he runs up and he grabs him and he hugs him and he's kissing him and he's greeting him. So he went through all of those changes and all of that hell. He even had a, 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 a wrestling match with an angel all night that left him crippled because of his fears. <laughs> Hallelujah, some of these illness is the result of unbelief. And you haven't learned who your master is. You know your savior, but you don't know your master. And he's more than just a savior. He's Lord of your life and he's master. And when master tells you to do something, you do it. If master tells you not to do it, don't do it. You don't reason out why you think. I should do this, go there, be here, whatever. That's the, that's the problem. Your intellect is all in the way. And when intellect is in the way, faith don't operate. Jesus says, be like a little child. They are not thinking things through. They only operate according to what they see. I see daddy there, I'm safe. <laughs> daddy could be main and crippled. But because he's daddy, I'm safe. We got to figure it out. And we got to have proof that is going to benefit me. Because my intellect says, that's not where I'm supposed to be. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Let me tell you something. You don't want to wrestle all night with an angel because see you're going to come out wounded <laughs> you're not going to come out perfect you're going to come out wounded why because that's got to be a reminder of who the lord is so you won't easily forget again amen but there are some 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 scriptures that i think you should probably write down to help you and they help all of us to counteract the whispers of the lies of Satan. And you find most of them in the book of Psalms. And so it, um, if you're ready to write down Psalms 23, verse four, but that whole song to me is great. 
but four is the verse that tells you about not fearing. Psalms 27, one, 34, nine, and Psalms 118, six. That's just a few. There are many, many more. Uh, Psalms 34, nine, 118 verse 6. When fear starts to operate and come into your mind, that's when you need to start speaking scriptures to yourself. You know, when David says, So bless the Lord, that's how we bless the Lord. We begin to speak those scriptures that counteract what Satan is telling us so that we can rise up in faith and keep on going and not be downtrodden or overcome by the lies that he tells us. Because he coming with good lies, he's not coming with the obvious stuff. See, that's the, that's the issue. That's why we get deceived. He don't come with the obvious sin. Like I was asking my, my husband, did, did, when he grew up with a, uh, a pastor of those old traditional churches that talked about it's biblical stories, but didn't tell you how to live life. <laughs> so when I asked him, did you ever hear teaching on about sin and what sin is all about so that you would actually recognize sin? Oh, yeah. Like what? Uh, like drinking, killing. Okay. See, those are obvious things, but there's some other sins <laughs> that are strategic that you conjure up that you got to go deeper than that and there are far more sins than just just those obvious sins that you nine times out of ten are not doing or wouldn't even consider to do because you see every temptation come is common unto man so what's going to come to you is what's common unto you so murdering may not be common unto you physical murder but nevertheless, you're doing some destructive stuff to your body that's murdering the image of God that you don't even think about. It is a sin. You have some thoughts that torments you that you don't choose to give to God, but you just keep on thinking them because the actual, after all, they come to me. But you've been given a power and authority to cast it down. Cast down vain imagination in every high thought that comes against the knowledge of God. That's what the word tells us. So I don't have to employ it because it came to me. Amen. Amen. Are, are y'all with me? Okay. So we have to learn how to dismantle that stuff before it gets a hold. And it happens to all of us. I don't care what your title is in the church. You are subjected to the same things. We suffered from the same ills. And if we don't use the word and fight our battles, we're going to lose. Your title don't suspend you. Your title don't uphold you from the temptations that are coming unto your nature, as well as the lies that Satan wants to present to you. It is a war and it doesn't end till Jesus comes to rapture us up with him. And if you're not fighting continuously, you won't be in the rapture. You'll be in the tribulation. Okay. Okay. To show you how just we can be overcome by certain fears in life. Okay. In the Northern section of our country or the Northeast section of our country, where the weather changes based on the season that we're coming in, there is a known fact that, and I don't know who said it, but you don't wear white when September comes in. <laughs> That's why I purposely put it on, okay? I don't know who set that rule, and I really don't care. <laughs> because if you go to the southern states, they're wearing it all along. Because the season does not dictate 
to them about color. Okay. What we need to understand, the seasons tell us what we should be doing and how we should be praying for lost souls and the kingdom of God to be on earth as it is in heaven. See, we major in the minor. So if you wear white in September and afterwards, what's going to happen? Are you just considered out of fashion or silly? Because you don't wear those colors during this time of the year. And soul's going to hell. And I notice how everybody get into the black. Well, we didn't need to be in the black because as soon as this time came, darkness got darker outside. What did you think about that? Everything start changing. That's going to affect your mindset. I want to be in the presence of the Lord where he keeps me above these situations because they will drive you insane. They will tear you down. They will cause your self-esteem to go to the toilet. Amen. Amen. And we have to fight the good fight of faith. Now, remember I told you that some of the causes of fear is death. I want to go to Hebrews and I want to climax it with this with this chapter, Hebrews chapter two, Hebrews chapter two, and um, um, the verse that supports this, although I'm going to read 14 through 18, but the verse that supports the statement comes in uh, verse 15, but I'm going to read from 14 through 18, and it says, Hebrews two, Verse 14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. We're talking about Jesus. That through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, which is the devil. Now, I'm telling y'all some good news, okay? And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That's us. Okay. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. He took on human nature in order to conquer sin and death for our behalf. Wherefore, in all things, it it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest and things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Okay, I need to read this again. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Let me give you a news flash. Jesus became this merciful, faithful high priest in our lives to, for us to reconcile our lives back to God. Do you know in marriage that the man is the high priest of his house? And he has the same responsibility. Okay. Ah, to reconcile. And this is why, see, this is the authority. They, you know, we want to quote, quote the scripture out, out, out of Peter about why submit yourselves to your own husband. You need to read all of that chapter and some others to understand what is he, he is saying. I have a husband that is submitted unto God who has taken the position to be the high priest in my home who follows the way of God and seek God about how we should live. When he see me operating in sin, it is his responsibility and obligation to pray, intercede for me, lead and guide me in the right path so I can stay in the right path. That allows me to submit to his ways because he's operating in agape love that pulls and draws me to operate and come up out of my mess. Yeah. 
And when I submit to that, what I'm doing is come up, coming up under his mission, vision that he got from God to be his help meet when he needs it so that he can fulfill his God-given call and purpose in life. Verse 18. <laughs> For in that he himself have suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Is that good news? Yes. You don't have to fall prey to your sinful nature. You don't have to fall prey to the lies of Satan because Jesus is able to secure you and to keep you from falling. And even if you fall, to be utterly destroyed because he will lift you up and bring you back to where you need to be. Death has no power. Lies have no power. Angels have no power. Nothing has more power than the Lord that we serve. We learn, need to learn how to surrender to his will, surrender to his ways, so that we are not overcome by life. Yeah. And he uses it, Satan to overpower us and to make us think we will never be. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We were created to be. And if we keep our hands in God's hand, then we will see all that we can do and all that we can be. Let me tell you something, um, especially for our young people. Sports and your coaches, dancing, clothes, makeup, hair, that doesn't tell you who you are and who you're going to be. Single women, a man doesn't tell you who you are, what you're supposed to be doing in life. Because if you don't already know that, then when you get with, with a man, all you're doing is bringing your baggage to the picture and baggage on baggage. You need to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying and wake up because there's power in unity. And when you get with the right mate, you have power of prayer, of covenant, like no other couple that's greater than two women believing in God, two Amen. men in the cloth believing in God. There is nothing greater than the power of covenant prayer between husband and wife that can change this world. That's why Satan wants us ignorant and, and, and still doing the same dumb stuff and playing games and playing houses, living wrong, oh Jesus, and not being able to see what God is doing or who he is in each individual because he knows there's power and a covenant relationship between a man and a woman who are living for God, who have declared, for you, Lord, I will live. For you, Lord, I will die. And it will change things so much greater. But we battle against the things of this world by being in the world, doing the world, and then being upset about what the world is dishing out to you. Okay, I'm going to close. I'm going to do my, my closing prayer because it's a prayer of intercession. I am grieved by our, the body of Christ. God of life and light, our creator and heavenly father. We worship you today in humility, spirit, and truth. You know our bondages and strongholds better than we do. So we put ourselves on the altar to be free from genetic heritage with all its manifestations, strongholds from our own decisions and behavior, soul ties from sexual abuse, fornication, adultery, and lasciviousness. Free us, Lord, 
Deliver us, Lord, and heal us, Lord. We believe that Jesus' life and blood gives us the right of passage to these promises of which we receive by faith and rejoice for the victory. We accept the free gift of life in Jesus, and we accept the gift of the Holy Spirit to work in us both forgiveness and new life. Thank you, Jesus, for new life and freedom in Jesus' name. And we thank you for our life is in the blood of Jesus. There is power and life in the blood of Jesus. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you have traveling mercies as you depart from this place. And when you do, tell someone about Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you.